Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Going to look at Alan Moore's uh, Spawn entry. Before we dive into that, I want to remind everybody at home that Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comics that we make. Ed Piscor's Red Room Trigger Warnings and Red Room the Antisocial Network are both available now in print. These have four self-contained stories and can be read in any order. So whichever Red Room collection you find first, that's the perfect place to start. Also want to remind everybody, Ed will be set up at Tokyo Comic-Con the last weekend in November with Jeff Darrow. So if you're anywhere near there, you have to go to Tokyo Comic-Con and I will be jealous of everybody that does. Street Angel, Deadly Squirrel Live, one of my latest books in print from Image Comics, eight complete stories of the homeless ninja on a skateboard and Hulk Grand Design Monster Madness. The comic books are out in stores now. The collection will be out in stores in early 2023. And I recommend you pre-order that one to uh, make sure you get a copy because printing has been a strange uh, adventure with that, with that book. So we are here today to talk about Alan Moore coming to the Todd McFarlane universe. Uh, once he started dipping into image, it feels like all the image creators are Alan Moore fans and everybody is vying for his attention. And one of his early projects spawn blood feud with artist, Tony Daniel. So this is issue one. We're going to look at and 1995, kind of a strange time in terms of the, uh, the industry and where it's at, but this is a big get getting Alan Moore onto, uh, your character. Absolutely, man. Uh, I think that uh, this, the conceit of this story, I think it was birthed from fandom. Uh, I remember an old letters column where somebody posed the question, hey, Todd, what, what would happen if a vampire bit Spawn? That's all it takes. And and he's like, puts a response like, oh, it's funny you mentioned that. Like, yeah, we're, we're working on something like that for sure. Like, I think, I think that that like it's him. I do not think this is just me projecting the, the tone of the letter, like the, the way the letter read and the response to me felt like McFarlane's like fucking genius. We're doing it. And then you just give that basic boilerplate idea, elevator pitch to Alan Moore and s send him on his way. Tony Daniel established from X-Force Comics doing a doing a solid run on that man for a uh, for a little while there and is making making his name known over in the Marvel space gets wooed over and becomes a kind of fan fan favorite artist uh, I don't know if it's the same inker I, I could I could look on on, on my thing um, on my iPad and, and figure that out but like uh, the inking ca catches up a little bit on like the last couple issues it ain't here yeah in this one um full moon zine i gotta say this is a really weird alan moore thing alan moore had gone away from superheroes at this point and now he's back he yeah. does a bunch of them yeah at image in a short period of time and i was thinking about when we talked to rob Liefeld about alan moore and they're talking Liefeld's talking about tarantino yeah as yeah. an alan moore you know somebody alan moore's interested in at the time and it made me think of that as like reading through this because this is a conversation between i don't know some couple here she's a vegetarian and he's talking about how how uh, you should eat meat we're at the top of the food chain which you know is of course the setup for the idea of what vampires or something that are uh, feeding on humans that are even further up the food chain right but all of the dialogue makes me think like is this more doing some kind of impression of something feels like it right like like it, it's not far from the like a virgin conversation right and it does not feel like the the strategy or the careful planning of a book like Watchmen. There is no careful planning when when you gotta strike while the iron is hot. 
to get that like hundred thousand dollar royalty or whatever man so you better turn this thing the fuck out it does have the thematic mirroring bookend shit at the beginning and end with this blub 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 heartbeat mm-hmm. uh component with the five tier panel like stretch stretch panel joint uh where we're establishing a baddie yeah, and we're and seeing him from first person see him rolling through you know this is the the people from page one and now he's in the building and you've got families there pulling out the guns not helping at all fingers ripped off yeah isn't kids it, toys destroyed isn't it crazy that severed fingers is a motif of spawn comics like the severed finger is a thing man yeah and did we do a i feel like we did a there was a comics journal where alan moore talks about image and I think he had just seen like the first issues of like three or four of the titles or whatever. It feels like that's what he writes from. But I think he saw Spawn Five. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, with the uh, with the severed finger stuff. So here we go, man. A very bizarre version of Spawn, right? Yeah. And what we're gonna learn is this is a dream, and it's almost a dream that is the costume alive what it's, is the costume made of what does the costume eat yeah it's 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 the symbiote so like if this is you know todd mcfarland from amazing spider-man who came on the black costume that created venom like he's he's back in that headspace it's really odd you know imagine being tony daniel and you're called upon to like draw the costume but without a figure in it well somebody provided him some some roughs and layouts that we're going to look at in a little bit yeah one of the big draws of this book for sure is that back matter but here we go. Spawn waking up with his uh, alley friends, and they're like, dude, you're freaking out, man. The chains are alive. The skulls are talking. <laughs> like, what is going on? You know, they're, they're very afraid of what they're seeing, and we're watching it, like, from building tops just to be safe and, and keep a distance. But that costume is, is acting out. If there is uh, some uh, asterisk caption stuff that is pointing toward the Angela miniseries written by Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman are on the phone like, we are grifting this <laughs> this rich Canadian fella, man. How cool, huh? Like, we are, like, Neil, did you ever think it would be this good? The $100,000 a script, and we don't even have to think that much or go too deep, use our scrap ideas? You do wonder, like, what, what are they thinking I think they're, point? I think they're incommunicado, and uh, I think that, that they're laughing all the way to the bank together. Here's a question for you. We see Cheerios brand here yeah. in the garbage. We see Kermit the Frog here. Who's putting that stuff in? Because one, it's really specific. And two, like, you know, if you did that in a Marvel book or a DC book, those lawyers are going, you can't put Kermit the Frog in this page. Yeah. So what is that? Tony Daniel? That's a good question. Alan Moore, like, and, and it has nothing to do with the story. It's just a really strange detail. Sure. <laughs> Sam and Twitch. I think they have a TV show coming out. Yeah, I saw some comment recently about them and how like, oh, the Everyman. You I know, know just regular I saw dudes. that too. And I'm, I'm so confused by like, what are you talking about? I know. But, yeah, they, maybe. They, they look like Muppets. You know, it's like Bunsen, Beaker, and... It, look, yeah, look at that haircut. Amazing. Todd had that haircut. I, I, I would totally go for like an Elvis book with this as your Elvis model. Yeah. But they're investigating the building. You know, makes sense how you bring in a couple of homicide detectives into this. A uh, lot of blood everywhere. Like, clearly, this looks like a scene out of Predator 2. So. There's never movement with those characters. They're always kind of like on the trail of Spawn, but always like five steps behind. <laughs> right. They had their own series, I think, at one point. Yeah. 
I never read it. I can't imagine it how they caught up to him. Shouts to Scott Morse. I think he did a run. Yeah, I think that, I think that's right. Tony Daniel, you know, trying to draw the cool spawns whenever you get a chance. There's your Angela miniseries reference, too. Gotta sell them pages, man. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a whole side business, side hustle to this game. The yelling with the shoelace face and having the shoelace, like, on top of mouth and bottom of the mouth, that is such a good touch. <laughs> is it? I love it. What a monologue, by the way, of just a crazy person in the alley screaming about stuff. Yeah, yeah, it totally fits in. And, and by the way, like... Should you not be a thousand paces away as a homeless guy? Like you, you have, you don't have enough indignities or dangers in your life, and now you got this this guy with these like spikes and burn up face and all that. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see them here; they're on a building top, like really watching it from a distance because this this loose cannon is freaking out. Yeah, and yeah, he's on right. that dust. We he, do not want to be too close. He needs some milk. He's yelling at his costume as a, a creature and what does it feed on and this is one of those pieces where you as soon as you introduce this guy well that's your vampire you know what i mean like this is the guy hey spoilers yeah spoilers <laughs> like there's but there's no way he's not see this is what i'm talking about like the like the inking is not there at all uh look at the like if we were going to trace something yeah. What's the skull look like underneath this person's face? Like, that's not even human proportions. Oh, totally, man. And just like, oh, yeah, this anchor is not not good. But even Tony Daniel, like, so, the way he's building these faces is pretty whack and stuff. Very outlaw. This, um, this character I found really disappointing because it is this new sort of a cool character for this miniseries. And not much there. Like, it's not a very exciting it's design. It's Trencher. It's just, it's, a. Uh... It's Johnny Blaze. It's so funny to think of that as Trencher in like a more conventional style. Because he just had, yeah, exactly. the got the ponytail, got the trench coat. You I know, wish it was Johnny Trencher. <laughs> it's a more fun reading experience if you think of him as Trencher. Look at the heavy lifting from Ollie Optics here. You know, you guys got pure line mm -hmm. drawing. Not Ollie Optics. Oh, no? Todd Broker. Oh, Todd Broker. A name I've never heard of before. Yeah, he's doing some work here, man, to try to gussy up these pages a bit. Look at the word count, though. Alan Moore is, uh, he's getting, he, he's earning his, his paycheck, at least by word count. In in the uh, Rob Liefeld shoot interview, talk about the Tarantino stuff, and Rob is like, if you want to see a guy whose hair is on fire coming out of the, the theater talking about uh, the movie, and starts to suggest com like comic ideas, and he, Alan Moore's talking about the blood crips, like, it's literally in here where he's talking about the, like the blood red cloak is like is like a gothic gang sign or something, G gothic gang colors, supernatural gang colors, and and nothing is left to subtext. He is spelling out the case for Spawn as vampire. Yeah, 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 and uh, it's it's literally doth protesteth too much, and it makes sense, right? Like if you're gonna be like he looks like a Van, Van Helsing. That's like almost all that you can say is for this guy not to be the vampire but like you just know he is and uh just making every case to be like let's go look over there like there's this guy in your town let's go kill him don't look at me too closely uh i think i think that this is like the establishment like i remember around you know clinton white house like po post george bush the first one uh where the term po like political correctness was like in the lexicon and shit and then there would be great um, George Carlin bits 
about like using hyperbolic language to describe being a dishwasher and shit. And I feel like some of this is that man, extra normal hazard, like the idea of like language, uh, hyperbolic language for sales purposes. Yeah. And he's got a whole plan of how to, uh, how to, how to get, how to handle spawn. Yeah. Look at that arm. Oh, all of it. Like it's this is weird. It's short. It's way too short. And it's just the straightest, stiffest thing. Tony Daniel gets better. Like his, this is a, this particular issue is a step down from what he was doing on X-Force. Yeah. I wondered if there was uh, you know, if he's doing two books this month. Right. Cause it does feel like some of this stuff is hit and miss. You know, this to me feels fine, but then like other pages don't. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one's going to be a five figure page. He's going to sell that. And uh, this is Spawn as Silver Age Marvel character. It's, it's a Spider-Man monologue. I've done all this stuff for for this city. I've you know killed all these bad guys, did this or that, and now they want to put a stake through my heart. You know, like the very next page really can be the trash can with the, the Spawn cape and Al Simmons walking away. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the coloring very image it is very so 90s. 90s like that first real coloring digital coloring kind of stuff where it's just like every color we've got every color let's put it on the page there was your your purple to orange was yes. on that previous page and now we're back to the blub 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 uh heartbeat section of the of the uh the comic to round things out <laughs> the, like the regular people <laughs> that are sitting around they're so ridiculous with striations in their wrist uh forearm muscles strange storytelling with like you know you get half of the pages just that sound effect you got to love that i guess if you're the uh if you're an artist that's trying to get these pages together quick. absolutely and and the i'm sure this is copy pasted you know i'm sure that's not hand done or if it is it's done once and more of our weird dream spawn symbiote The other thing with the artwork is it becomes far more uh, McFarlane-ish too with the ticks and things. Like he really exerts himself. Yeah, all I always over his wonder people. if. Um, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. McFarlane's influence on people because I feel like Capullo went through that. Yeah. In the early days of drawing Spawn, yeah. and uh, yeah, it would make sense that uh, Daniels would do it as well. And this is to me, this is a great ender for an issue because here we are with Spawn over a body, blood everywhere. That's a good hook. That's what you want. Look at that guy's just destroyed on, again, going back to Predator 2. One of those classic uh, horror movie moments, man, the misdirect. And surrounded by cops. You know, it's a good it's a good end issue. Those guns, I don't know about, but... Yeah, T Tony Daniel, pacifist, man, he don't got no reference at the crib. Yeah, you know what? It's so funny to think of, like, is there a generation there where we were we were shamed from referencing things? Like, it came up in the Frazetta video comments that Frazetta... They found photos of like all the references, even though he said in interviews he didn't use reference. And you know, Comics Journal at that time, I would see all the swipe files. Like I thought it was like you don't you don't get to use references if you're going to try to draw comics. And it feels like if you look at the image books from this era, a lot of them weren't using references. Definitely not. And and you cannot use a reference when it's a Rob Liefeld zappy gun, but something like that. Uh, and there was absolutely positively no excuse not to have. Um, proper gun reference because those magazines like were right there at the checkout aisle guns and ammo and it would just it's gun porn you yeah. know what I mean like you have the easy access to reference like I, I remember buying those magazines just drawing every Mac 10 yep. you know I could draw a Mac 10 in my sleep 
Ed, let's get to the real stuff. Yes. This is the whole reason to talk about this book. Absolutely, am I right? Absolutely. Alan Moore behind the scenes, and we're going to go through and see his page layouts, man. Yeah. Page layouts that he's doing for this book. And you can see that weird, like the blub blub kind of uh, pages where it's half a panel and half a sound effect or and, and look a heartbeat. At, and look at this, man. Like, I, I didn't even notice like a heart monitor flatline kind of thing, like in, in the issues. And I, this is so much better than what they give us. Yeah, it's there, but it is not something that's prominent or, or something that you really uh, pick up on. Because, because like, look at what he's establishing. It's like the monitor part, the peaks and valleys is more important, and he's subduing the text, and they're, they're the opposite. It's the, it's the bubble letters that are everything, and then the heart monitor part is second fiddle. This page? Two page that one. Yeah. So... It's fun to see like where Daniel goes, uh, you know, goes off on his own and where he follows very closely. This is so sexy to me because it makes me think that uh, that Alan Moore drew all of his comics. There are versions of every single comic because if he's do going to this level for a shit ass McFarlane payday gig, he's doing that with everything else. And so I think he's got like, you know, a Henry Darger fucking cachet of original artwork and he is a badass man like he there are hundreds of pages of comics that he's drawn before he even really started doing 2000 AD in weird um music magazines and things and he had a very underground style with like heavy stipple he could draw real good man yeah it always kills me whenever Grant Morrison's another one where you see their drawings and it's like they could have done this as as artists yeah you know like it's it's intimidating whenever the writers are uh, pretty good artists as well and you know several of these pages you can see where the artist does deviate which alan moore seems to be fine with um there there's that piece of from hell layouts it's yeah. in one of the big alan moore storytelling books and they said he didn't even give those pages to right. eddie campbell you know it was like really a uh, like a writer's reference kind of thing same with Bissett and Toddleben but here it's specific that like yeah he gave that to, to Tony Daniels it makes me wonder if like things in comics have changed to the point where this is just more effective than the than the scripts where it's like legendarily an Alan Moore script where it's like one page descri describing just one panel on the page and it does make me wonder like in this age of like image comics was that just no go? Like, did you not have <laughs> Why waste uh, your time? artists that are going to read a, a, that kind of uh, script? But this one, you know, like he follows very closely on yeah. on this particular one. It's amazing to see this stuff, though. What a great reference that this is printed in here. Oh man, I I, I want to see it all, man. Yeah, it's 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 pretty fun. It'd be cool to see the scripts. Like, how much of this is he describing? Yeah. And then also, what's the process? Yeah. Like, is he writing this and then drawing it or drawing it and then writing a script? I, yeah, yeah. I, I do think most of the time it, it's it's the script and then the visualization. It's funny to think of like Marvel method where like you're the writer, but you're a good writer. So part of your Marvel method is you're drawing it. Sure. So maybe you've got the plot figured out and now you're drawing it and then you're doing like your tight script render. I feel like all these uh, writers, especially the, the schmucks that kind of invade our, our culture and, and uh, come from the outside and write their, their comic scripts. They should have to do this. Here's one more, and then we'll... Uh... Because it's one of those things. What everybody complains about when they get a first script from some novelist or something is like, you want too much shit in one panel. Yeah. It's impossible. You show me. Show me how to do that, and then I'll, I'll, I'll put, it, put it in stone. So this is page 10 here. Yeah. And the reason I call this out, so we've got like an above view of Spawn. We've basically 
chucked that above view for the first two panels because the point of view are these guys on the rooftop. It's such an odd choice. Like you don't even see Spawn in this panel. You know, he's going off of the, out of the panel, out of the frame. Very weird choices, you know, the deviations. On Tony Daniels' part? Yeah, I think so. It, it just doesn't seem as clear to me what's happening here. And I get it. These are probably overly clear. You know, maybe you do want to spice them up a little bit. <laughs> I don't think he's but making that kind of this ball. is just... I, I don't feel like this is an improvement. And, uh, you know, the Howard Chaikin description of comic book artwork is is illustration in service of storytelling. So, like, <laughs> I just don't want to spike... And also this chain, it's a giant chain. Doesn't feel like it's part of whatever this costume version is. It's far away from me, Just Jimmy. The motif. Is, is that at least the part of the the book where he's talking about the the spikes or teeth? Yeah, okay. it is. It okay, is. so okay. that one fits in. I'm not sure about the Roy G. Biv color behind it, but yeah, hey, that's... man, like I said, you've got millions of colors. See if you can use them all on every single page. <laughs> Love it. I love the, the, the behind the scenes are so cool. And there's your snapshot. You know, Alan Moore is now on Wildcats writing that. <laughs> this is and, a, uh, this is exactly <laughs> what Liefeld was talking about. Like you, you could get in. Like I snipped it out and made an independent video of it, where where Liefeld is talking about how Todd calls him up, says that Alan Moore agreed to write a Violator miniseries, which is the one that Bart Sears is going to yeah. be is going to be drawing two issues, two out of three issues, I think. And uh, and Rob's like, where did we go wrong in comics that that fucking Alan Moore, the crown jewel of our, the comic industry, is writing a Violator? So he's like, I called Alan up and said, how about Violator Badrock? <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's incredible, too, because it's McFarlane, Liefeld Moore, and introducing Brian Denham. Gotta find somebody to draw this, this uh, hackery, man. <laughs> what a time period, Ed. So bizarre. You know, like for everybody, like closing their, their, just ignoring the 90s, it is complete and utter insanity what's happening in the comics industry in 1995. Yeah, you know, for, for all of the, the, um, you know, the, the, the issues that, that Alan Moore, like, had as a, as a creator in the 80s and, and all the right wrongs that were done per, per his interpretation, all that kind of thing, like, this 90s period where he does about 50, 60 comics between, Valentino, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, and, and, and McFarlane. He fucking cleaned up. I was just thinking Two, that. three years. Probably made, what, five, five million bucks, six million bucks I cold? Mean, I, I'm curious about just this issue, right? Because we, we know McFarlane's on record as saying he paid these guys $100,000 an issue for that Spawn fill-in writer yeah. issue. So are you getting 100000 for this, 100000 for each of these? Right. It's probably not far off at that point. He, uh, he may not be getting that, but I mean, that might be a quarter million dollars, these Rob, three issues. Rob, Rob talked about, he mentioned numbers. Like, the cool thing about talking to Rob is, like, he will mention the numbers. He's the guy paying, and he was very, he was very upfront. And, and he described it was an investment for him. Mm -hmm. And he said, it, I think he said it was uh, 20000 bucks a script. And Alan Moore would turn in two scripts a Friday. Every Friday, there'd be two scripts. 40 Gs a week, dude. Yeah, pretty good. And that's a couple years after this. That is when things are kind of in the in, in the gutter yeah. in terms of uh, how books are selling even for the image guys. Yeah, and Rob but is at just... at this point, like his first wave of these superhero comics, I bet you it's close to that Spawn number. This it it might highly... be 50000 but I mean, if it's half of what he got paid for the Spawn issues, that's $150,000 from the three books we see here. Yeah, totally, totally. And there's four issues of this, so he's making you know wow. quarter, quarter million dollars 
pretty much. And this is highly promoted. This this was all over Wizard magazine. Wonder how big this is for Tony Daniel. It's huge. It's got to be. It's just huge. I had his career uh, making. I had his X Forces and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I actually, I liked it because um, before that, it's like Pasella and Dampanosian and, and those dudes are like really going hard on the uh, the, the or is that Jim Lee kind of style. And he kind of brought it back back home a little bit. Like like it, there was more storytelling flow and things. Uh, it was more sensitive looking artwork, but then he, when he gets hooked up with these guys, then you have to go hardcore. You have to disabuse yourself of all your storytelling, everything you learned uh, from uh, John Romita Sr. in the bullpen or whatever, that all has to go away because you now have to be over the top with the imagery. That's what that's what we were calling for. Yes. Is he still making comics? Yeah, I think he's a superstar over at uh, DC, DC Comics. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. All right, man. That's all I got on Blood Feud number one. Let's get out of here, man. <laughs> K Fabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, tell the people what's out there, man. Hulk Grand Design Monster Madness. Comic books are in stores now. The Treasury Size Fluorescent Green Edition will be out in early 2023. Pre order that one now wherever you buy books. Street Angel Deadly Squirrel Live, back in print from Image Comics. Eight complete stories of the homeless ninja on a skateboard. And join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see lots more of my art, including a big collection of all of my uh, freelance covers I just posted last week. So if you sign up on Patreon, you can download that immediately. Red Room, the anti-social network. Red Room trigger warnings. Trade paperbacks uh, in stores today. Murder on the dark web for fun and profit is the name of the game. Each of these books contains four complete uh, horror stories. Uh, as well as about 70 pages of additional material that you're not going to find elsewhere. And I'm serializing uh, new Red Room material at my Patreon. Uh, Three bucks gets you the archive. You get all of the material in the books that you see right here, plus the new stuff. Uh, Three bucks, uh, less than a penny a page, good value. Hit up my link tree, you'll be able to get to all those destinations. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video, and pick up Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, cups, mugs fanny packs and more merchandise at our spread shop also in the links below this video another great way to support the cartoonist kayfabe channel given those marching orders jim we'll be on our way read more comics